Welcome back to the Technology in Worship podcast, where we talk everything technology in worship. And by we, I mean myself, Eric Coleman, and my good buddy, Benji Satorius. Benji. Eric. You are wearing your Game Changer Technology in Worship podcast t-shirt. I am. Way to go. We have these unofficial. Official, unofficial. Official, unofficial cricket t-shirts. I wear mine. Honestly, I wear it all the time. I like it because it's also black. It's also black. And uh, my closet uh, has about just about everything is black uh, as far as Which is pretty cool. Yeah. So it happened to be black. So therefore it fits in my closet nicely. Um, And I wear it quite often i'll confess i don't wear mine very often actually (laughs) you suck (laughs) i should wear it more often that being said if you would like your very own game changer technology and worship t-shirt you can make one (laughs) (laughs) you sure can all right um so benji we didn't talk about this off air yet no, but I have, we didn't. We didn't talk about anything off air. We not related to technology and worship, really. <laughs> I have some big news. Ooh. Also at Harvest. All right, I, I think it's pretty big news. Bring it on. In the matter of the next like two, three weeks, and since like January first. Okay, so basically, like the first quarter of the year, yeah, per se. We will have transitioned every main production machine to an M1 Mm. Mac Mini. M1? Uh, Or the M2? M1 or Or, M series Mac Mini. Nice. So we... So are you getting rid of your iMac, the Pro Presenter computers, and going to like M2? Yes. Wow. That's a big move for you. It's pretty big. So, because you've been on the iMac for like ever. forever. Yeah. Um, here, I'm just going to lay it out just because it's kind of fun to like watch what happened. We've had iMacs pretty much everywhere except upstairs. That's been a, like the original Mac Mini or the 2014 model or whatever. So, you center got. Upgraded from a iMac to an M1 Mac Mini at the yes. beginning of the year. Yep. It's been great. Like, right away. Just, like, speedy, especially with ProPresenter. They're amazing. Just, like, like yeah. that's me clicking the next button. Do you actually make that noise when you click the button, too? No, the button clicks it. The <laughs> button makes that noise. So, I was like, and I've seen it here and other places. Yeah, like, that's all we have as and far as... base for, model. For, yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's pretty impressive. For not a lot of money. So anyway, that was kind of the end of it for a little while. But then last week we talked about the DAW getting a M2 Pro Mini. And so then that was like all good and dandy. So then, just in like the matter of the last two weeks, I've, I've heard different things about the computer upstairs in the fellowship hall being like sluggish but 
it's not which like, is an old iMac, right? No, it's an old Mac Mini. Mini, got it. Okay, twenty fourteen model. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, um, so but the that room, let's. Just, I'm just gonna be honest. It kind of gets all the hand me downs usually. There's usually a room in every church that gets the old gear. Yeah. Usually it's the youth department or something like that. So this, in this case, you know, I just ended up having a conversation with the ministry leaders of those rooms. And I was just like, you know what? This computer's kind of sluggish. Like, can we come together and split the costs essentially? Because they, they use ProPresenter up there. They're using ProPresenter. They're using... Is it ProPresenter 7 or were they still on 6? It has 7, but they're (laughs) kind of running 6. Got it. Because they say it's sluggish with 7. Yep. And it's an old old Mac Mini. Yeah. yeah. So they agreed to split the costs. Nice. And we are getting them a... M2 base model yeah, for the Fellowship Hall, which does have the 256, which is a little slower of a hard drive. Sure. But for them, it's that's still, still a huge still upgrade. huge improvement from what they're at. Yep. And is it just like op display and uh, projector? Or do you need yeah, to use a deck link? Or? They're upstairs. It's just op display and projector yep. right so, now. So a piece of cake for as far as... Like literally just gonna Outputs. take it out, take the old one out, put the new one in. I am gonna just run migration assistant on it and just get it everything ported over exactly as it is. So yeah, move all that be, old junk over. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's weird because like I don't manage their files. Right. Yeah. So yep. um so that's happening. But we're also getting an M2 Pro Mini 16 gigabyte model yeah. for the booth to replace. For ProPresenter, to Pro replace Presenter. the iMac. Yes. Which is a pretty powerhouse iMac, 27 yep. inch. Yep. However, on Sunday, I had to restart the computer, not during service and not during rehearsal, before rehearsal. I had to restart it. And after getting all these M series, computers i was just kind of like we can't be sitting here waiting for this thing to turn on for yeah. 5 minutes yeah if it runs our lighting it's and the, video it's, it's the main workhorse of your production department and i mean it works great when it is on yep but i just was like we got to change this everything else is m m1 or m2 now yep. and I guess we had kind of started talking about doing something upstairs. So it, it just kind of naturally also overflowed into, well, let's just do it here as well. Nice. So still waiting on the delivery of basically three <laughs> Mac, Mac minis. minis. Yep. And then there's going to be a lot of computer swapping happening. And you're going to do that on like, Friday afternoon. No, I'll do it on a Sunday during <laughs> rehearsal. <laughs> no, that's something I would do. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I, I, uh, like, I like to wait till the last minute. Preferably, yeah, Monday, Tuesday. I don't recommend that to anybody. But yes, 
Sunday after church or first thing in the week, that's when you should start those types of projects. So anyway, it kind of started to feel like we were a little bit like stuck in a way. Yep. Because like those machines were a little bit more sluggish than normal. But I don't know. Like it's not necessary. Like the equipment doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, you're stuck or whatever. But in this case, it's nice to see that there's some progression toward the future. Yep. And kind of have a little bit more momentum. One of the most important parts of your worship services is your screen. Think about it. Everyone in your congregation looks to your screen for song lyrics, sermon notes, announcements, and scripture. It's a big deal. To keep your screens looking their very best, look no further than Church Motion Graphics. CMG has all of the eye-catching worship backgrounds, sermon and announcement slides, countdown videos, and more to bring your screens to life. Head over to churchmotiongraphics.com now to find your next great look. That is a uh, great segue into our topic of today. Oh, don't worry. I was trying to do that. (laughs) Of feeling stuck. And that is uh, in a lot of different areas. So we're going to talk about uh, feeling stuck with equipment and maybe a lack of budget or, you know, things aren't working to you just personally feeling stuck of, you know, maybe in your current job or you just aren't able to do things because uh, you're not in control or have the authority to do stuff. Um, so there's lots of areas that we're going to talk on. But since you were just talking about equipment, we might as well start with equipment. Sure. So I would say majority of churches out there are um, probably... I would say less than like 500 people attend their church, probably even less than that, like less than two or 300 people attend your service. And you might be either a volunteer technical director, you might be part-time, you might be full-time. And, you know, you might just feel frustrated because you have an old computer that takes five minutes to boot up or locks up or whatever. And that's your ProPresenter computer or Easy Worship or whatever you use to uh, put stuff on the slide or on the screens. And that can be super frustrating. So, you know, if you don't have a budget or you literally just, you might have a budget, but you've been told you can't spend from that budget for right now. Like, how do you, how do you make things work? How do you get past those frustrations? How do you, um, spend money that you might not be able to spend at the time? Like, how do you have those types of conversations? How does that stuff typically go? Or what do you would, what would you say to listeners? Yeah. I think if you're feeling stuck with equipment, a couple things can be just like talked about. One is, are you actually optimizing? Like, is it optimized to the point that it would need to be like upgraded or explode or, or whatever, because there are times when it's like, Oh, I can just kind of reconfigure how this is set up and maybe change the way things are routed or whatever. And that could solve your problem. 
So kind of just look at the pieces of hardware that you have and say, oh, this can go here, this can go here. Ta-da, new magic trick. Ta-da. Uh, in the case of a computer, I generally start with a complete wipe of the computer. Like, let's just say, in this conversation, let's just say you can't get a new computer at all. But you can back up the files, start over, and have like a freshly factory, semi-factory reset machine yep. that can solve some problems. Yep. But then when it comes to getting a new machine, depending on how things are paid for at your church and who the decision makers are, but especially if it's used across ministries, seeing if the costs can be split. Yeah. Because saying something is $600 to one ministry yep. could be a lot, but saying something is three. $200 so across so three, three ministries, yep. that's not as much of a pill to swallow. Yep. And everyone benefits from it. Yep. So that's what we did at Harvest to get this new machine upstairs in our fellowship hall. Um, just because it's one of those things like, hey, it's been a headache for you. It's been a headache for you. It's a headache for me because you're the one I'm having the to one deal with it. dealing with it. Yep. But at the same time, you're the ones using it. So like, can we all come together and just make this a better system for our volunteers and for you? Yeah. And sure enough, I only had to have one conversation about it and made it happen. Yep. Yeah, I would say, um, especially like if we're talking computer wise, because, you know, a lot of the stuff that we do uh, requires a computer, whether that's audio, video, lighting, whatever it might be. And sometimes it's good. And I've said this in previous podcasts, but sometimes it's good to delete stuff. Oh, yeah. You'd be surprised when you start removing files or apps that you no longer use, the computer tends to work much better, or at least it's happier. So, you know, if you've got files from, you know, a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, whatever, and you're not actively using those, either get them on an external hard drive or in the cloud so they're not using space on your computer, and your computer will be much happier. Much happier. Um, another thing I would say is casting vision is super important. So if you just walk up to whoever is in charge of giving you the okay to buy a computer and you say, hey, I need a new computer. It's going to cost uh, $600. And um, that's basically all that you give them. Chances are, unless they had the money, Chances are they're going to be like, no, you don't need that. Everything that I see, because, you know, I walk in as that per that person that says yes, and everything looks like it's working. Why do you need another $600 for a new computer? Everything looks like it's working. They're not dealing with the garbage of it locks up or the microphone doesn't work or whatever it might be. And so it's important to, before you ask for the money, basically be a salesperson give them the pitch of this is what we're experiencing. These are the issues that we're having. This is when we have these issues, this is what it's causing. This is 
what is happening when these issues happen. And it's, uh, it's causing frustration to our volunteer team. They may not want to serve anymore because they feel stressed and frustrated. Um, who knows? Basically, let the, that person know, like, these are the issues that we're, we're having. With a, with a new computer, this would eliminate this, this, and this. This would also allow us to do this, 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 this and, and this. this. And, you know, or, you know, five years from now or two years from now, it will grow with us depending on, you know, how fast of a computer that you were to buy. You know, it can, it can get you a couple more years down the road. And so cast that vision, let them know what the outcome will be when you get a new computer. And then you tell them the price. Don't tell them the price at front and then try to sell it later. Cast a vision, sell it to them first, then tell them the price. And then if you've done your homework, you also include on there, how are you going to pay for it? If that is spreading it across different ministries, hey, I've talked to the children's ministry and the um, whatever youth ministry, youth ministry and my ministry, and the three of us are going to split it, or um, two of us are going to split it, or something along those lines. That shows like, okay, you've done your homework and you're responsible and you figured out a way that we can, we can pay for it. Now, they still might say no. They still might. Obviously. So, and that's where like, okay, now you need to come up with ways to make this last a little bit longer. Or you could throw it off a cliff and say, I don't know Whoops. what happened to it. <laughs> we, we All need, of a sudden, it's We need a working. new computer by tomorrow. <laughs> that's the other way. Um, I would not recommend that way. Me neither. But, <laughs> or hitting it with a sledgehammer, whatever. Um, so that's where you just have to like, okay. And let them know, like, I understand that you're going to, that we can't do this right now. I would really appreciate it that we can work together in the next, you know, I don't know, a couple months or a couple of weeks or a year to figure out how we can pull this off. I will do my best between now and then to make this work as best as I can. But now they're aware of a situation and an issue. They're aware of the price. They're aware of, you know, possibly how you guys can pay for it. And now it's up to them to be able to provide that, whether that is a week from now, a year from now, whatever it might be. But at least now they're aware of an issue and that you've done your homework. Uh, I, I think if, if you express the issue in a calm, respectful way, uh, unless you literally just, the church has no money at all, chances are either they're going to say yes or they'll at least find a way relatively soon to say yes. It might not be yes right away, but hopefully very soon down the road here, they would say yes um, versus, hey, I need $600 to buy this new computer. Yeah, it makes a huge difference how you present it. And I think speaking from the volunteer side and the empathy of, this really frustrates our volunteers when things are sluggish and slow or just don't work, whether that's for a computer or a projector or whatever, whatever it, whatever it yeah. is. Yep. 
like speaking from that and painting that picture of, is this really how we want our volunteers to feel kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, obviously you don't want to, you don't want to make it sound like people don't want to serve unless they don't want to serve. Yeah. You don't want to make up a story to try to get someone to say yes, but it's also good to express, this is how my team is feeling. I'm feeling that way. And this is my job, let alone a volunteer who has a day job, has a family. They're just here on the weekend. They're just doing what they've been told to do. And a computer locks up or something doesn't work. Like that's super frustrating. So it's, it's just important to, uh, to communicate that to leadership and hopefully, hopefully they, they figure something out and eventually they'll say yes if they don't say yes right away. But I think another thing is, did you have anything more with that? I don't. Okay. Um, another very important thing that I strongly encourage everyone to do is to respect the equipment that they've got. Oh, yeah. Whether it's a hunk of junk or it's super nice, respect what you have. If you go to someone and say, hey, I need $600 for a new computer, uh, even if you've sold that, you've cast a vision and you've done that, what we just talked about, and they walk into your booth or they've been in your booth and they see just like piles of just stuff and a spaghetti mess of wires and empty cups or, you know, just like it's not kept very well. Why would I want to give you $600 to buy a new computer? You don't take care of the stuff that you currently have. So first, take care of what you have. Then maybe we'll talk about a new computer. But I've been in so many different churches where it's, it looks like it's just old equipment and it's not uh, hooked up very well. It's not organized. It's not clean. And I'm like, do you still use that VCR? They're like, no. I'm like, then why is it there? And then on that same note, understanding like the current software that you're using on a computer or whatever to its deepest level as well. Sure, yeah. Like that kind of shows the same thing. Like, yes, you're organized on your, on the outside, but are you organized in the processes that you've set up for a station or for the computer itself? And do you understand like how to use ProPresenter deeply? Yep. Or are you just saying, oh, we need to upgrade it, thinking you need more physical displays on your computer but you really could get away with something less expensive yeah. to do output And I think along those same it lines, it's very important that I would say for the, for the most part, there's, there's still some situations, but for the most part, it's typically not about the gear. True. If you know how to work the gear that you currently have to its fullest potential, and that can be a bunch of different stuff that can be uh, a smaller soundboard versus a bigger soundboard. That can be um, a lighting console. That can be a, a computer, video switcher. a video switcher. Chances are it can do more than what you think it can do. Just because you're like, oh, the band doesn't sound good. We need a new soundboard. The soundboard, for the most part, probably won't make your band sound better. It's going to give you more features for sure. But that doesn't mean it's going to fix all your problems. 
Yeah, you got to get it right at the source too. So yep. make sure you have the right cables, microphones, the right musicians playing. The singing. right musicians. <laughs> hey, w- you can't make a bad singer sound much better. It's true. Auto-tune might make them sound worse. Unless you just drench them in reverb. You can't make a bad electric guitar player sound better unless you pump the electric guitar tracks or whatever. Yeah. So like you got to get it right at the source. Yep. And then in so doing, you'll create a better mix. Yep. At your board. Sure. Now, obviously there's a, there is a line there where it's like, no, I am limited to 32 channels on my X32 and I actually need 40 or 48 or 50 or whatever it might be. Obviously, there's only so much you can do with an X32 until you are literally out of channels. That's a different situation. Or out of outputs, which is another... Or out of outputs. Which is usually more of the circumstance that you would be looking at updating a soundboard. Yeah. 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 So knowing your gear and hooking things up correctly uh, makes a huge difference and can make equipment last longer or do more than what you think it can do. Um, I would say, you know, let's just keep going with the X32. I walk into a, a, a church with an X32 and they're like, oh, we're out of channels. And I'm like, and I'm looking and I'm like, why do you have like a compute, two computers and a phone plug in? Like, do you need all those inputs or can you do with one, like two, a left and right for a computer? Do you need two computer inputs? Do you need... Uh, an iPhone hookup or just a iPad or phone hookup. Do you need, there's a lot of things in there that you probably, oh, well, we use it once every five years. So I, I leave it in there. Well, maybe disconnect that and you can worry about that in five years when you need that one more hookup or one more input uh, at that time. So don't be afraid to unplug things or repatch things to make things work most of the time, and then those rare occasions where you need to change something, that's okay to do. Like you can unplug something and plug something in for that one weekend to get by and then go back to what you were running. So are we able to move on to a different topic? Yeah. I've got one just staring in my head a little bit. Staring in your head. Yeah. I feel like it would. it's easy to get stuck when you feel like you're the only one that can do it all Mm. as far as like volunteer or staff, whatever your role is, but you feel stuck, like literally stuck. Like I can't take the weekend off. I can't not be there. Yeah. How to, how do you overcome? Okay. We used to have a team of five volunteers. Now there's only two of us, but we have four duties that we need to do how do you get unstuck from from that side of things from a people standpoint yeah that's really hard because if you literally just don't have a volunteer team or a person that can do some or most of what you do you literally are stuck until you train somebody right you have to train somebody you have to be a leader and do they need to know 100% of everything that you do? No. They at least need to know some troubleshooting stuff 
and some basics to get by for that that particular weekend that you might need off. And then, you know, you just keep training them little by little. But for a while, you're probably going to be stuck until you train that person. And, but once you get that person trained, then, you know, instead of not being there for a weekend, be there, but just you're in the background. Let that person lead or be you. And you're there if there's an emergency, but basically you're not there or you're, you're in a different room or whatever it might be. So you're around, but you're not the one leading. So, and then that might give you the confidence of, oh, I can finally take a weekend off. Yeah. Because most technical directors don't take weekends off because you're like, well, the building's going to burn down if I take a weekend off. So, And yeah. obviously, if you are the only one, you don't want to leave your church in a pickle and nope. just be like, I'm not showing up. Like, that's not cool either. Nope. So you got to set yourself up with for success and be training and developing other future tech leaders to step in and fill your shoes. Like you said, maybe they don't know everything, but they know enough. Yep. And also providing like resources, like the documentation for here's just kind of like the QR code thing that I have, which is kind of like a, here's the guide yep. for the entire system. And then the QR code that you have and the other QR code, I guess that I have lots of QR codes for yep. linking to the checklist for mm-hmm. like, did you turn everything on and off? Like that just creates a lot of ownership that everyone wants to get on board with yep. and be a part of. Yeah. When I uh, first came on staff and for the first couple of years, it was basically until about, maybe a year before our cam- our new campus started, I was, for the most part, when I would come in, I would turn all the equipment on. I'd get everything ready for the volunteer team. And I would say for the most part, I was probably turning everything off as well, like after services. And very, without me really noticing it, that just came to be my job. I was turning stuff on, volunteers would show up, they'd run their, their stuff, they'd leave, I'd shut down. And before I knew it, I realized, oh, my team doesn't even know how to turn the equipment on because I do all that. Yeah, I've, I've realized the same and thing. And so then I realized, okay, we're starting a new campus and I can't be at two places at once even though I've been trying it my budget doesn't support a cloning machine. But, uh, so I'm like, well, it's time to put more ownership on the team. And now I basically don't turn, it depends if I'm working on something or setting something up before they get there, I'll turn that equipment on. But for the most part, I don't turn anything on now. It's up to them. They turn it on. They go through their checklist, make sure everything's connected, works, all that stuff. And then they also shut it all down basically getting ready for the next day if it was Saturday or for the next week if it was Sunday. One thing that I, I did uh, a few times is if I knew I was going to be gone on a particular weekend, usually uh, like two-ish weekends before the weekend I'd be gone, I would have that same team serve 
that was going to be on the weekend that I was not going to be there. Smart, smart. I tried to do it like the week before, like two weeks in a row. And sometimes that works, but sometimes with people's schedule, it didn't work. So it was, it was like two weeks before that same team was on the exact same team in the same serving uh, positions. And I basically let them do everything that previous or those two week that two weeks earlier, they turn everything on, they run everything, they shut everything down. And I was there in case there was an emergency, but basically like they did it all. Nice. And so that got them trained like, oh, I got to do this in two weeks. And, you know, that helped a lot. That gives them confidence that, oh, Benji's not going to be here. Uh, I don't know how we're going to do it, but hey, you just did it. I was here, but I was not really here. here. And you did it. You guys were fine. And, you know, obviously I'm going to notice or catch things that you might not, and that's okay. But if, if uh, unless something's on fire or like it's a huge, big issue, chances are the weekend's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. The church is going to survive. It's going to be a great weekend. Will it be 100% smooth? Maybe, maybe not, like it, as if I was there. And even if it doesn't, those are great learning okay. opportunities right. too. It's still okay. And it's, it's going to, everything will be okay. Everything's going to survive if you take a weekend off. Now, obviously, if you are literally the only person serving, that's a different scenario, a different case. And that's where, you know, training one, finding one person, getting them trained slowly but surely. Have then, some sort of alternation between you and them. Yep. Get some documentation on uh, on paper or on like a website or a PDF or something. And then between that person you're training and the worship pastor or worship leader or lead pastor, whatever structure you have for your church, you let those two or three people know like, hey, I'm going to be gone this weekend. John Doe's in charge. I've trained him, but if you guys could at least like, you know, give him a hand, help him out if you can, uh, that'd be great. Uh, you can go as far as I'm available if needed, call me or text me, or just don't bother me at all, <laughs> either direction. Um, and yeah, just again, communication and training up somebody and it, it will be okay. It will be okay. Yep. I mean, you could, you could go the, you can go a little bit step further of, you know, if you have a, um, an app or a way of connect, remote connecting into your computer, you know, if, if you happen to be available, depending on, you know, vacation Sitting or wherever you were, Starbucks or wherever, you know, you're shop. not there, but you know, you can log in remotely and, and address a problem if, if need be. So, you know, sometimes it depends on your role and, how big your systems are and the resources you have available and all that stuff depends on, are you going to be 100% disconnected when you're gone for that weekend? Are you 75% disconnected, but you're available by phone or text? Are you out of the country? Are you out of the country? Are you like in the middle of nowhere where you have no internet, no cell phone, as in 100% disconnected? Or you just need a break you just don't want to go to church that particular weekend. You might be sitting at home, but you're available um, for troubleshooting over the phone or remote connecting in with the computer. 
it really depends on your situation and how you want to go about it. But like for us, we can connect in to any of our computers at any time and basically run the entire service if need be remotely. We can't physically turn something on or off, but if it's running, we can, we can patch audio, we can control lights, we can control slides, we can tr- control video switcher, we can do broadcast audio. As long as things are on and plugged in. Yeah. Yeah, we can't physically plug something in, uh, but as long as we have internet, so very rarely do I, like if I miss a weekend, very rarely do I say I am literally 100% disconnected. Right. Because even though my team is set up for success, I've set them up for success, they will be just fine. I always tell my team and the other people uh, on staff, let me, if there's an issue, like, and if I'm available, I'm going to fix it. Oh, yeah. I, I will log in. If I'm busy, if I don't have internet, like, I'm sure you'll be fine. But I just, if I, if I can't respond, I will not respond. If Otherwise, I, I will. If yeah. I can respond, I will, and I'll fix it. Yep. So I always tell them that. I never say I'm 100% disconnected, but I also say I might be disconnected depending on what the issue is or if I have internet or not. But at least I let them know like, hey, I'm available. If, I, if I'm available, I will help. Even though I'm on, I'm on vacation or whatever, it's all good. Like, and if, if, something, if we're doing something and I'm not available, you're going to be just fine. And I won't respond because I'm not available. Not available. So, yeah. And if you're not training someone to, in a way, replace you, in a, in a way, right? Not training someone to equip them to, for when you're gone, the next step that could occur is just a blank stare of burnout, basically. Yep. Because you could just be like, you know what? I'm frustrated with everything. The equipment isn't working. I can't get my $600 to buy a new computer. I can't get a team (laughs) to come behind me and support me in this. The church leadership doesn't support me in this. Whatever it is, that could lead to burnout, which could either be, could either just make you a jaded technical person showing up to the service but having a grumpy attitude or worse yet it could lead to you leaving the church yep whether that's that church individually and moving somewhere else to a different church or the church or altogether. all together yep. and that is not something that we want to see any nope. technical volunteer staff person ever do um yeah so you got to protect yourself from that outcome. If you're in the mindset where you are the only person that can do everything and the church will fail if you're not there and they won't survive without you and you think you're irreplaceable, ir- ir- uh, you're, you're, you're in the wrong mindset altogether. Oh, yeah. You're, wrong, you wow. should not be working at the church. You need to get your mind and heart straight first. Um, because we're all human and we're all replaceable. And if you don't think you are, you got to get that straight first. If you're not always looking at um, training up some volunteers, 
you're not doing yourself any good and you're not doing the church any good either. You're only hurting yourself and you're, well, and you're hurting the church. Yeah. Uh, you're hurting both. And it's super important to always be training up somebody, whether that's a younger person, older person, doesn't matter. It's super important to be training volunteers. Even if you are a volunteer, training up more volunteers. Doesn't mean like, if you know, if you're on staff, you might be scared. Oh, well, if I train up John Doe and he becomes better than me, the church is probably going to get rid of me and hire this other person. No, chances are that's not going to happen. The ch- chances are the church is going to be like, wow, you're a really good leader. You're a really good trainer. You've built, you've built a really good team. And we're super happy to have you on, your, on our team. Like, they're not going to fire you for training up really good volunteers no, and other leaders. That's a great thing. Yeah. And so if you're struggling with finding volunteers and all that, I'm going to come back to what we started the podcast with. I think a lot of it comes down to not taking care of your equipment. I, honestly, even you could be a church of 50, 200, 500, 5,000. If you are struggling in volunteers, it's either you aren't trying to find volunteers or volunteers are intimidated by your equipment, yeah. which could be a lack of care for your equipment and not organized, or it's just really big equipment that looks big and scary, but they're just in- intimidated by it. So, you know, if you're a smaller church and you're not organized, get stuff organized. I wouldn't want to serve at a church with spaghetti wires and VCR stacked on top of DVD players and equipment that looks like it's from the 80s and you probably don't even use it anymore. Yeah, I've walked into a church even recently that just was spaghettied all over the place. Yep. But they were kind of looking for some extra help to kind of undo the spaghetti slash get their systems optimized. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's really like as simple as cable management yep. and optimizing what you have and learning the systems that you have. Yeah. If you're if you don't really know, like, can it do this? Can it do that? Then research it and yep. figure out like, can it? Speaking of cables, uh, a couple episodes ago, we talked about we had like just one little question of like, what's something small that you've been doing or started doing or something like that. And speaking of cables, for those that missed that episode, Velcro strips are your best friend. They, I have replaced zip ties. So start with one of the two, zip tying cables, Velcroing your cables. Again, cable management goes a, goes a long way. Things work a lot better and things like that when you have cables that are nice and happy and tidy. Um, but Velcro strips work very good. So I just go to Amazon. I buy like a bulk, like 25 or 30 foot roll. You can get different widths. You can get different colors if you wanted to. And just start organizing your cables, pulling out cables that are no longer used um, or maybe don't work, whatever it might be. Get rid of that junk, bundle up your cables, get things nice and clean and organized, and things will work much better. And they'll look better. I think that's like, yeah, like you said, it all comes back down to how you treat your equipment. Like, 
get organized. It'll make your life easier in the first side of it. And anyone that is approaching your soundboard, your video booth, whatever, however you have it set up, if they walk in and it's at least somewhat organized. At least. Like, that's going to be a better experience for them. And they'll be like, oh, you know what? I could surf here. This feels natural. Uh, here's, here's, a, here's a little helpful tidbit. If you get someone that has OCD on your team. Yes. You will clean, clean up your spaces very quickly. So if you want to uh, get pushed a little bit to clean up some spaces, find someone that has OCD. It might be hard to get them to <laughs> join the team because uh, your place looks like garbage. Right. But get them on and then they'll push you and stretch you and possibly even help you uh, clean up wires and stuff like that. So it's... Uh, it does help. I have uh, someone on my team that has OCD with that type of stuff. And I would say our spaces are, for the most part, pretty good. But we do have a lot of clean and organizing still to do. But every time I pull a new cable or pull a cable out, I'm like, oh, he's not going to like this. Or, oh, he's going to like this because I've done a really good job with this. Uh, he's kind of in the back of my head like, oh, I need to live up to his standards and make sure things are done well and clean and organized. So I think one of the last things that kind of goes with all of this is every week kind of diagnosing what went well, what didn't go well, kind of like debriefing with yourself or your team or your staff and then looking for areas specifically for growth for the next week. And this is where I think of like the one inch thing or the 1% rule, which is basically like, just look for an area that you can improve on 1% before the next weekend or the next event at your church. Because if things are kind of just status quo, static all the time, are you growing as a person? Are you growing as a team? And, and equipment wise, yeah. Like if you're not looking for ways to optimize something in your setup, as simple as file organization or whatever it is, like just look for areas of growth that you can be making because that'll make a world of difference on your attitude too going into it because you know, all right, it wasn't perfect this week, but I can think of three things to do next time that'll make it better. And these are those steps that I can take to... yeah. Get there. Yep. Let's quickly talk and then we'll wrap up. Let's quickly talk. Um, we kind of talked about it a little bit as far as like buying equipment and getting a budget and things like that. We've, we've had previous episodes on budgeting and, and things along those lines. But some of that I always try to encourage when you're looking at, you know, you know you, your equipment is old, it's not working, and you just want to buy or need to buy new equipment. Just spill a cup of coffee on it. <laughs> that, that does work, actually. I, I've not done that, but it does work. Um, one, you want to look at the big picture of where do, you, where do you see yourself and the tech budget and the tech equipment 
in a year from now and five years from now? And what, what small steps can I take to get there between now and then? Don't look at, um, you know, a bigger church and see, oh man, they've got five cameras or 10 cameras and they've got this video switcher. And well, that's why it looks good because they have all this equipment. Again, going back to what we said earlier, use the equipment that you have and really learn that equipment. But you still need to set goals for yourself of, I want to see our um, equipment look like this or our stream look like this or sound like this or in-person look or sound like this. And what does it take to get there? Doesn't mean that you will get there, but at least set some goals, set some easy goals because when you reach a goal, easy or hard, no matter what, you feel good about yourself. Oh, yeah. If you set a goal that your 200-person church needs a million-dollar sound system in five years, you're not going to meet that goal. So set realistic goals and also set some easy ones that along the way you are able to reach and meet. And so, you know, every year you buy a newer piece of gear. If you don't buy any gear for like, five years, you're outdated by a long shot. By a long shot. And so equipment is constantly changing. So again, don't look at like, oh, I need to buy five cameras this year. Well, no, maybe over the next five years, you buy one camera every year. And before you know it, you're going to have those five cameras. Then you, you know, you're spending $2,000 versus 10 or $15,000. You're taking that and you're spreading it uh, over a couple of years, similar to like multiple ministries using it, spread that those purchases over a couple of years, and it's a lot easier pill to swallow when you only need two thousand dollars versus fifteen or twenty thousand um, dollars. It makes a big difference because again, if you're not buying equipment every couple of years, it's gonna take a lot of money to get up to speed. Um, whether you do that in one chunk or you spread that across a couple of years. Um, it's important. So, you know, if you've got a couple computers in your, in your production department and they're all starting to go bad, okay, look at it like, okay, what's the worst one? Let's get that one replaced first. Not all of them all at the same time. Easier to spread that, those funds across either a couple months or a couple years. And then slowly but surely, boom, you've got new computers. Same thing with microphones or uh, projectors or um, cameras, things like that. It's also very important to look at equipment that might be able to be used in multiple spaces or in multiple ways for making purchases. So, you know, you film announcement videos during the week and you live stream. What's a good camera to use that can be used for both? Don't buy a, comp- a camera that's only good for in-person, but not the greatest for... Um, Online. Yeah, So or filming. So, you know, if you're doing both of those and you need a camera, don't go buy a Blackmagic Studio 4K camera because it can get the job done, but it's not as good as, say, a pocket cinema that can be more multi-purpose use. Once you start building that equipment out, then it's easier to buy equipment for specific uses. But if you're limited, see if you can get stuff that can be 
used across the board and it's just a little easier to swallow. Wouldn't it be great if you could just snap your fingers and immediately you'd get people more involved at your church? Picture it. People would press in during worship. They'd be fully focused during your sermons and they would be excited to hear announcements. This is the wish of many churches because we all know the struggles of getting the attention of our community. That's where our friends at Church Motion Graphics can help. CMG equips churches with a large library of eye-catching graphics for worship, sermons, announcements, and more that will help you get attention and move your community forward in their faith. With just a few clicks, your church can start looking great, reaching more people and getting more involvement than ever. Head over to churchmotiongraphics.com today. Well, I hope this helps you feel unstuck unstuck in your ministry roles. We do pray for you and we want you to be healthy people. So be sure to get organized, build a team so that you don't feel burnt out. Yep. Benji, we do have a Instagram question today. So for those that are listening, if you ever have questions of either stuff that we've talked about and you just want to know something a little bit more or something that's completely off topic, whatever it might be, DM us on Instagram. Um, and our Instagram tag is technology in worship podcast. Shoot us a message on there and we will discuss that on, uh, on an episode. But we've got one. Yeah, what is it? So it says, I'm just going to read it here. We recently moved our audio console downstairs from a balcony. We use Sling Studio for our stream, which has a three and a half millimeter TRS stereo audio input. Now that the console is farther away, we are having noise challenges in the audio. What is the best way to make this connection? So neither of us use Sling Studio. I don't think I've actually have ever seen the system in person. I saw it for the first time this past weekend. Oh, I did. So you're a genius at this. I'm a genius. <laughs> and it was actually up in a balcony. Oh. So I'm even more of a genius wow. on this topic. However, the soundboard was also in the balcony. Which is where they which is were. where this was. Yep. Now they've moved. They probably made a good move of getting the audio console out of the balcony and onto the main floor. But I, now they've got this uh, noise, buzz, hum, whatever it might be across, I don't know, a 20 foot, 30, 50 foot TRS uh, little cable. I have, I, have, I have questions, I guess, that you can't answer, but I'm just going to. Yeah talk about it yep some of my questions include what was the setup like was it just a trs three foot cable yeah just a from shorter the cable. booth to the sling studio upstairs yep and what is it now is it still like a 20 foot trs cable yep down just like straight shot down hopefully following some sort of organized path yep um, those are really my two main questions. Yeah. So I'm going to just answer those uh, in by assuming. Yes. 
So I'm going to assume that there was no noise originally when the audio console was in the booth, or yeah, up in the balcony. And chances are it's probably a short cable. Now extending that cable has now uh, increased the noise floor, hums, whatever it might be. So a couple of things along those lines. One, if you have that cable running along any power or extension cables, that alone can create buzzes and hums and things like that. So right off the bat, that's a very easy thing to check. Am I running it along extension cords or power cords? Additionally, yep. if you're running a 20-foot or however many feet TRS 3.5 millimeter cable, that alone is just not a good idea right. for the length, especially yep. along power. Yep. So a couple things I would uh, suggest is can you move that Sling Studio box down to the booth, down on the main floor, off the balcony? Again, I haven't seen this system in person. I'm not quite sure exactly how it works. Um, my understanding is you've got a camera or multiple cameras that plug into a hub, and this hub is what the audio jack is plugged into, or this, this TRS 3.5 mil jack. My, uh, if that's the case, I would say get that hub down to the booth, not in the balcony. And then you're extending your cable runs for your cameras, which one aren't carrying audio. Um, and depending on how they hook up, I believe most of them are HDMI. I would recommend converting those to SDI. You can do over Ethernet. I'd recommend SDI. Um, but that will get you a longer run for HDMI because you typically don't want to go more than like 20-ish feet on an HDMI cable or you start getting interference and flickering and things like that. So I would convert those to SDI and then back to HDMI back down at the hub. If the hub needs to remain upstairs, yep. I also don't know the current setup. I wonder if running like some XLR up yeah. instead into an adapter of some sort would reduce the noise. It should reduce the noise just because if it truly is a very long TRS aux cable essentially, that alone will cause noise. In the same way, you still wouldn't want it to be run along power but it could help. Yeah, you. If, if it truly has to stay up there, I would definitely recommend converting it to uh, XLR, which is going to be a balanced cable that's going to uh, clean up that signal quite a bit and can go a lot longer distance. So I know radio engineering has uh, a couple of converters where they allow you to like, put in a guitar amp in the side room, which obviously your input is quarter inch, your output's quarter inch, and you run an XLR between the two. So you can convert that to quarter inch cable, run that over X, uh, XLR, and then you're set there. You can do a uh, like an Ethernet splitter box 
uh, convert it over Ethernet and run it that way, which should clean up the noise drastically. I, I would vote, if it's possible, I'd vote for bringing that hub down and doing it that way. Um, but if it has to stay up there, I would convert it to Ethernet or XLR and uh, it should work much better. To the listener that submitted this question, please let us know what solution you end up going with. Yeah. Let so us know. So we can just follow up and see how that went. Yeah. Let us know what you did and what worked or didn't work or whatever. So uh, thanks for the question. And if you, anyone else has any questions, shoot us a message and we will uh, get back to you on uh, our recent episode. Um, but Make sure you follow us, like us, and uh, we'll be back next Monday for another episode. Bye. Bye.